Well, good morning, church. Uh, I want to welcome you to Element Church this morning and to uh, a lot of very special things today. Today is special for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, as Monica mentioned just a few minutes ago, that we get to celebrate uh, baptism uh, with some of our church family members this morning. It's also special because today is the first day uh, that we have been able to open up one of our kids' ministry rooms again in almost 18 months. Uh, since COVID-19 first started uh, last year, um, we were not able to utilize any of the classrooms in this building, uh, weren't able to host children's ministry in any form or fashion, and starting today, we were able to open up our nursery and uh, hopefully be able to start opening up other rooms in the near future as well. Until that happens, we're going to continue to provide those activity sheets, activity bags, as well as the kids' Bible story video every Sunday in the main worship center until we have the ability to open it up, all of our rooms for all of our kids. You know, this morning, uh, we are continuing our series called Summer Stories. And this is a series we do every year in which people uh, are, are able and invited and we're excited to, to share in their stories. A lot of times in the Christian world, we call that their testimony. Where people give up and give a testimony of something that the Lord has done in their lives. About something that God has, has been working in them. And sharing about God's goodness and his faithfulness. Sometimes it's about the, the greatest moments of their life when they saw God and, and were giving him thanks for what he has done. Sometimes people share stories of the lowest moments of their lives when it looked like there was no hope. But in the midst of darkness, there was a ray of light because God had not left them. And today we get to celebrate and share as two young women not only are going to tell their stories with words, but they're also going to tell their stories with their actions by getting baptized. Now before we get to those stories, I want to talk a little bit about what they're doing and why they're doing it. You know, today is the end of the Summer Olympics. Uh, the closing ceremonies are today, or maybe they've already happened. I don't actually know uh, because they're in Japan but they're, they're closing today. Um, I have loved watching these Olympics. And by watching, I mean watching highlights on YouTube because I don't actually have cable or a working antenna right now, so I can't actually watch these things on TV. So I just, I just watch the highlights on YouTube uh, every day. And I love it. I'm watching sports that I would never normally watch um, and some that I would normally watch. And what I love is that at the end of a competition... Athletes, those who are the most successful, have the opportunity to get on a podium, receive their award, and stand for their national anthem. But even before they get to that point, many of the athletes, or at least the top three, those who medal in any event, when they complete their competition, those who are going to receive a medal often grab a flag from their nation and wrap it around their shoulders as they run around the track or the ring or through the audience or in front of the cameras as they proudly declare and display who they represent. That flag is telling everyone, this is the country that I represent. This is where I'm a citizen, and these people, my fellow citizens, are who I'm here to represent. But even for those who don't win a medal, 
they don't get to hear their national anthem played or they don't get to drape a flag around their shoulders. All of the athletes boldly state in colors and letters on their uniforms or their jerseys exactly who they're representing as they compete. The Olympics are not just about individual effort, but about countries being represented by their best. Baptism is the Christian's way of representing who they belong to. Representing that they're a citizen of a different kind of kingdom. Just like the athletes in the Olympics boldly declare and carry that flag around their shoulders, baptism is for the Christian that flag around the shoulders. To say, this is who I am and, and this is where I belong. I want you to look with me in Romans chapter 6. These verses are going to be on the screen for us. Or if you're opened up in the Bible app, you can follow along because all the scriptures we're going to cover this morning are already laid out there for you. And this is what Paul says. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Here in just a little bit, in addition to hearing the testimonies of the two young women who are getting baptized today, we're also going to have the opportunity to watch it happen and celebrate. Now we'll give you instructions in a little bit, but when church is over, we are all, everyone, all of us as a church are going to walk next door to the community swimming pool. We're going to surround the community swimming pool and there in the shallow end, we're going to do baptisms. We're going to cheer and we're going to celebrate this special moment in their lives. But there's a reason why we take people and we dunk them under water and bring them back up. In many ways, it represents what we believe and proclaim to be true about Jesus. That Jesus died for our sins and was buried. We celebrate this moment because the grave could not hold him. Jesus rose victorious over sin and death. And just as we know that Jesus died for us and was buried, he was raised to new life. And so baptism represents what we believe and claim and proclaim about Jesus, but it also represents what we believe happens to us. The Bible says that all of us were dead in our sins and transgressions. And that when we are in Christ, we become new creations. The old has gone and the new has passed. We're going to read that passage in just a few minutes. And so for Christians, we recognize that when we give our hearts and lives to Jesus, when we acknowledge him as Lord of our lives, when we recognize that we are sinful and that he paid the ultimate price for our sin, the Bible says that that old person, that old life, that old person's gone. They're dead. And in baptism, symbolically, we bury that old person. And then the new person is raised to walk in the newness of life. And it's this sim- symbolism in baptism, this declaration of my old life has died. I am new 
in Christ. And I celebrate this new life in Christ by coming forward and putting on that flag of Christianity around my shoulders in baptism to say, this is the new me. Before we go any further, I want to introduce to you these two young women and give us the opportunity to hear their stories. My name is Anna Smith. I'm 14 and I go to Vista Peak High School. Um, my name is Miley. I go to Murphy Creek and I'm 10 years old. My favorite subject in school is probably math. My favorite subject in school is science. My favorite thing to do in science is study things and um, make new chemical reactions. My favorite thing to do when I'm not in school is either to bake or really any sport. My favorite sport is probably wrestling. My favorite thing to do when I'm not in school is um, go to my competitive cheerleading classes. My favorite thing about Element Church is the community. My favorite thing about Element Church is the way that we worship God. I don't have a favorite song, I like all of them. Um, my favorite thing about youth group is the connection and that we get to meet more people who are like us. My favorite Bible verse is Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, that says, He said to him, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and with all your soul. My favorite Bible story is um, when Jesus dies on the cross. He died on the cross for our sins. Um, if a friend asked me at school who Jesus was, I would say he is our God who forgives us from our sins every day. If people said why, or if people ask why God forgives us of our sins, I would say because he loves us. If a friend asked me at school and they said, why should I believe in Jesus? I would say, because he is the son of God and God is the one who created you. And because he is, um, he is a version of God on land. Mm, he's done everything. He gave me a family. He gave me, he let me win the scholarship at my school and so much more. Uh, something I've learned from God recently is to forgive others. I decided that I wanted to get baptized because I feel like I'm ready to give myself to Jesus. If a friend found out that I was getting baptized and asked me what it was and why I would do it, I would probably say that I, um, I'm doing it because I'm ready for the next step. Um, Baptism is where you get, give yourself to Jesus and God. Um, baptism is done where um, someone dips your um, head into the water and then they bring you back up. My dad is going to baptize me. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I decided I wanted to get baptized because I was ready for um, the next step in our journey because it um, encourages our journey through Christ. I'm Anna and I'm taking the plunge. I'm Miley and I'm taking the plunge.
Jesus is a version of God on land. I love that description. I mean, it's true, right? Like, is there a better way to describe it? I love that. Um, a moment ago, we read from Romans 6, 3 and 4. We're going to pick it up in verse 5. It says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. That's where our old self dies and is buried. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. When we give our lives to God, our old lives die. And not just to the way of living, but to the way of thinking. And we find ourselves raised to new life in Christ. Listen, when we talk about baptism, and you know, we sort of compared it to, to, to draping the flag around your shoulders like athletes do at the Olympics. You know, draping a flag around your shoulders doesn't actually make you a citizen of that kingdom. Like, you can pick any flag and drape it around your shoulders. It doesn't mean that you represent or have the right to represent that nation. In the same way, baptism is not what makes you a Christian. It's an outward expression of an inward reality, but baptism isn't how you get in. It doesn't mean that you have received this new life. It doesn't mean that you're a citizen of God's kingdom. I want you to look at this with me. Colossians 2. Having been buried with him in baptism... We've already talked about this idea already. In which you were also, excuse me, raised with him through faith. And the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. The act of baptism and coming out isn't what gives you new life. We are raised through faith. New life comes through faith when we come to the place of belief and confession repentance and giving him our heart and lives. As we talk about baptism, one of my favorite analogies, I use this with adults and kids when I'm explaining it, is baptism in many ways is like a wedding ring. This ring is not what makes me married. I can take it off and I'm still married and I can give it to someone else to put on and it doesn't mean that they are married. In the same way, baptism is not what makes us a Christian. It's the way we declare to the world, I belong to another. As we talk about baptism, there are three types of, types of people in this room today. Three types. And the first is those who have not yet placed their faith and their trust in Jesus. They have not confessed him as the Lord or the master of their life. They've not repented of their sin or their rebellion against God and have not been saved from their journey toward sin and death and destruction. And here's what the Bible would say. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is born a Christian. 
Now, you can be born into a great, loving family with Christian parents who make you go to church all the time. Now, you guys have it easy here at Element Church. Some of you remember, if you grew up in church, like not only did you have the main service, you had Sunday school before, right? That was like a small group slash classroom. And then after church, you go home, you eat lunch, you got to take a nap because you got to get ready because you're coming back again on Sunday night. And that's, that was for like the more serious Christians. Not everybody came back for Sunday night, right? And then you had like Monday night visit, visitation. You guys remember that? Like you would show up at church, they would literally give you a list of people's names and addresses who hadn't been in church in a while, and you went and knocked on their door. And in the most loving way you could, you try to figure out why they had not been coming to church. And then you had Wednesday night choir practice, and then you had prayer meeting. That was for the real Christians, right? And then I, you, you had women's Bible studies. I remember growing up, there was a Thursday morning men's prayer meeting that happened at 6 a.m. at the church. That was a small prayer meeting, right? Listen, you can grow up in a Christian church and your parents can take you to church every time those doors are unlocked and even sometimes when they're not. No one's born a Christian. We're all guilty of cosmic treason. We have rebelled against the creator of this universe. And the Bible says that not only are we all sinners, but that the wages of sin is death. That the journey we're on leads to eternal death and destruction. But eternal life comes as a free gift. And the way you receive that free gift is if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved from your own enslavement to sin. You will be saved from this pathway towards death and destruction. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. There are individuals today who have never done this. Today is the day, and no one can do it for you. Your parents can't do it. Your spouse can't do it. Your children can't do it. Today's the day. Today's the day that you believe and confess and give your heart and your life over to God. It's not about fulfilling a religious to-do list, about going to church more, reading your Bible more, being a nicer person. By the way, you should do those things. But newness of life doesn't come through those actions. It comes when we believe and confess in faith. If that's you today, then you know what you need to do. It's time. There's another group of people here today, and it's those who have done this. They have given their hearts and their lives to Jesus. They have been saved from the punishment and consequences of their sin. And they have received the newness of life, but they have never draped that flag of God's kingdom over their shoulders. They have never been baptized. And today, it's time to step up to the plate and do it. Now, it doesn't mean you actually have to get in the water today, because some of you are like, I didn't dress for that. We'll schedule it. We'll make it happen. But today's the day that you say, enough is enough. It's time for me to do it. Because even Jesus himself modeled baptism for us. 
And in some of the last words he shared before leaving this earth, he commanded us to baptize. So if, it's, if that's you, if that's the type of person you are here today, then today you know what you need to do. Today's the day that you say, okay, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to drape that flag of God's kingdom around my shoulders and proudly declare to the world, this is the kingdom I represent. And then finally, the third group of people are those who have believed in Jesus, given him their hearts and their lives. They've trusted him for their salvation. They've confessed him as the Lord of their life. They have received the newness of life, the Bible promises, and they've been baptized. So you might be thinking, sweet, I'm done. I did everything we're talking about today, and you might have. Let me read this passage for you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We talked about this a moment ago. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Those who are identified as in Christ, their old life is gone. They've been given new life. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are ambassadors for Christ. That does not stop once you've been baptized. It's not a one-time action and then you're good. That's just the beginning. That's the first step in declaring to the world that I'm I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. This is who I belong to. And the rest of our lives are devoted to this ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of helping others discover new life in Christ and being ambassadors for God. So you may have already been baptized, and that's taken care of, so that's not your next action step. But my question for you this morning is how are you doing at being an ambassador for Christ? How are you doing in your workplace? And with that difficult person who everyone else in the office tries to ignore. How are you doing that on your street with those who live next to you or in front of you or behind you? In what ways are you draping that flag over your shoulders And declaring, this is who I am. But also declaring that message that God's love, his grace, and his forgiveness is available to them too. How are you doing this with your family? You know, the ones who know you the most, who know all about the secrets and the skeletons in your closet. Sometimes it's the closest people to us that we have the hardest time representing Jesus the best to those who live in your household or maybe even just those who come over on Thanksgiving are you being an ambassador for Jesus let's pray Lord I thank you for this moment and this opportunity this morning that you're giving to us to celebrate your goodness your grace your mercy the forgiveness of sins that we don't deserve 
Lord, we want to honor you this morning. So would you impress it upon our hearts the way in which you want us to respond? Whatever the next action step is for us, that we would have the courage to do it today. Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you, we celebrate you. Praise in your name. Amen.